live and ready to go on this Monday is December ticks down. It's all good though, because uh, as far as Michigan goes, you know that they are set and we are counting down the days. Uh, Jim Scarcelli is with a scar, you know, you're always counting down the days to, you know, the, for the new year and for this year, you know, it'll be a, a, a heck of a new year for Michigan as, um, you know, they'll be out in Pasadena. So something to look forward to, right? I remember going to those bowl games and on New Year's Eve, we had a bottle of non-alcoholic, like, grape juice. <laughs> they would give the players, bring the New Year in with some non-alcoholic grape juice. But, you know, Denny, we finished up uh, before Thanksgiving. We had, like, six weeks, seven weeks. You know, we had a... We actually had a period that we called we called it bowl conditioning. It was like a good three week period where we, all you did was run and lift. And these guys had like a week off. I don't. And now Bam, they're practicing today. I think today is the first practice back. So you know, just uh, get right back into it and um, get these guys healthy, man. Jim will be. Uh, you got to you know get them get them right. Yeah, that's right. No, you're right. They are back after a little bit of time off uh, to practice. Got some news with uh, Michigan basketball. They had a win on the road versus Iowa. Played uh, a really good second half. That's not what everyone's talking about. We'll get to that with Juwan Howard. Uh, Scar has got some film on how to stop the tide on offense, how to stem the tide, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, informative, uh, educational, and entertaining film analysis like uh, only Scar can do. Uh, but we got a lot of news and notes with uh, Michigan that we also need to talk about. Let's just jump right into that. If uh, you missed this over the weekend, recruiting is still going on. You know, you got the early signing period, then you got the, uh, the regular one on the first Wednesday in February, and Michigan has added their 26th commitment they flipped a defensive tackle david poly poly he is um the latest commitment for michigan and the team rankings from rivals has michigan at 13 never can have enough big bodies in uh pally pally i think he was a, a usc commit and uh, he must have looked over there and seen how they're playing defense and said i'm out of there i want to go play for the number one defense in the country, and that's Michigan. I don't and know. Danny, you know, this this is a Pennsylvania kid, right? Isn't he Pennsylvania? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this is good on a lot of fronts. Okay, we're taking a kid from Penn State's backyard. That's good. We're taking a kid who is committed to a, a, a an opponent of ours now. So we hurt them. We take a kid from USC, and he's now coming to Ann Arbor. That's what happens with championships. Uh, that's what happens when you go to uh, play for national championships. This kid's good. You know, he he reminds me of a of a Maurice Hurst type kid. He's just real quick, great feet, not the tallest kid, tough, mean, athletic kid. Come on down and play for Coach Elston. But yeah, that's a great pickup. He is listed, Polly Polly, at 6'3, 300 pounds, defensive tackle from Landysville, Pennsylvania, in the Keystone State. So you're right. He is from Pennsylvania. Yeah, this, uh, you know, clo close some deals here. And it, it signing day is, uh, man, you got this early signing days. And I just wonder, you know, 
is it a disadvantage? I guess they probably don't care about the fun, these teams that are in these bowl games because there's so many of them. But you know, but if you're playing for a meaningful bowl game, like these, there are four teams that are. Um, you know, there's so much going on with recruiting and transfer, and you know, going on right now at this time uh, for the coaches, not so much for the players, but for the coaches uh, that they, you know, it's just a time monster eating up at their time being involved with so many things because of the early, you know, the early signing day right down the road here. And, and the coaches have got to be on, on the top of their game for all of this stuff because it changes, you know, hour by hour, it changes for them. Good stuff. And we get some more news and notes. First, I want to tell everyone uh, it's really a solution for you because a lot of people are thinking about, hey, I want to get a, a Christmas gift out there. And I really don't know what to buy that Michigan fan in my life, a Michigan tie, a Michigan shirt. Sure. Those are good things. Rose bowl tickets. Those are a little bit on the, uh, the pricey side, but here's something, the gift that gives all year round every day. And that is a subscription to the maze and blue review. Go to michigan.rivals.com. Maybe you want to play Santa Claus and hook yourself up with that prize. And that would be a good present for yourself, a subscription to the Maze and Blue Review. We'll see you over there on the posting board on the den talking about Michigan. So awards being handed out and Michigan. Junior Colson grabbed some hardware. Colson awarded the Lot Impact Trophy. Now the IMPACT is an acronym that stands for Integrity, Maturity, performance, academics, community, and tenacity. All the things that Ronnie Lott, the great football player, stood for. And Junior Colson gets that trophy. He's in good company when it comes to former Wolverines that also were past winners of the Lott Trophy, including just two years ago, Aiden Hutchinson and Jabril Peppers also got that Lott Award. So good job by Junior Colson and Congratulations for, to Junior. How about that? Yeah, that's that's great stuff. And, uh, you know, individual awards come with team success. You know, every coach in the country talks about that at every level. And that's great for Junior. Um, he uh, he was involved with, uh, you know, with Corum and Sanistril this weekend, uh, you know, trying to get those toys and send them to Haiti and send them all over wherever they're going to send them. And that's uh, that's great stuff. You're right. And yeah, some of those uh, toys were earmarked for uh, uh, Haiti, where Colson, I think, is originally from. So you're right about that, Scar, on top of it. So it's good to see those individual awards. And yeah, great job by the uh, uh, the crew there, led by Blake Corum out at Somerset. They exceeded all expectations. And yeah, I, uh, I heard there were 111,000 people there, all with uh, trophies and ready to go. Uh, not a big surprise. Scar, how about um, what's going on with the coaching carousel, the portal? you have any thoughts there on what's going on here? Uh, a lot of stuff. I see Michigan State's picking up, you know, some different coaches. They brought in a defensive coordinator. I'm going to wait and see what the staff looks like, and, you know, look at these guys' bio. But what's standing out to you? I think you have to. As a coach, uh, Danny, I always our, – our rival – you know, they were, we were, we always wanted to make sure they were firing their coach every three, four years. 
And that meant we were doing the right thing. And that really did happen. But I always was concerned with who they're bringing in. I think Jim and will always be concerned uh, who's bring coming in at Michigan State, who are the coordinators, who they're recruiting. It's important. You got to know what's going on. So let's just start with Penn State. Uh, Penn State brought in Kansas offensive coordinator. Now, I told you, Kansas, I was really impressed with their offensive scheme. The things they were doing were so creative. So that, that that James Franklin's a smart guy to go. That's a guy I would take a look at. I would if I'm hiring and I'm struggling offensively. So he hired the Kansas O coordinator. Manny Diaz is gone. Got the Duke job. So that's a job. We'll be anxious to see what uh, he does. When we don't play Penn State next year, so it's not as crucial. But we do play USC next year. Okay, USC. Denny hired the head football coach at North Dakota State, who's a real defensive guy. Okay, so that's interesting uh, that uh, Lincoln Riley is saying, you know what, I'm going to go get a guy who is a head coach at North Dakota State. You know, they got their great program there. Yes, they do. And uh, he's got to get his defense solidified. I've always said I think the the USC offense, it's soft. It makes the defense soft. So until he toughens up his offense, I think he's going to be a soft team. But they're looking at – Couple key transfers. The kid at Washington State, Cam Ward, he's a good player. I'd like. I don't want to see him come to the Big Ten. And Will Howard, the kid at Kansas State, is also looking at USC. But I, I don't want to see Cam Ward come to the Big Ten. I was really impressed with him at Washington State. I'm gonna keep going, Denny, because there's some other uh, people that uh, Minnesota's quarterback is gone, and PJ's whining about money. So that's what's going on in Minnesota. We play the Gophers, so, so I'm, I'll be, you know, I'm watching them. What's going to happen with them? I, I don't think he wanted his quarterback to leave in Minnesota, so that's an interesting uh, deal uh, going on there. Um, what do I got here? Illinois, you know, they're lo- they lost the starter to Ole Miss, so that's not a good thing. We play Illinois, so if he's losing guys that are on his program. You know, that's a bad sign for Illinois. Good sign for everybody else in the Big Ten. But if he's, you know, he lost like a, a big starter, a two-year starter at, uh, you know, to lead. But I'm watching Michigan State. Uh, now, he's, Denny, I, I was hoping for a hot shot offensive coordinator. But, no, they did hire a proven coach. And I, there's things that he's doing that impresses me, okay? I see these guys get a job. They, they'll, they'll have a job at a, a Mac school, build it up, and then, get boom, get a bigger job. And many times they don't take all their assistants with them. And I think that's so rotten. You know, if I work with Fithian and we're doing good things and you get a head coaching job somewhere, well, you better take Scarcelli with you. You know what I mean? He's doing that. So that, that, that impresses me from a loyalty standpoint. He's brought a bunch of his assistants with him, and he did hire a guy who's a, a former – Big Ten defensive coordinator that will know how people, you know, know the Big Ten. Guy's name was Rossi. He, he worked for PJ. So, but, you know, he's he's got to get that quarterback because all his quarterbacks left. I'm, I'm guessing he's going to reel in that quarterback, that young freshman quarterback over there. And it looks like Oregon, again, these teams we all play. So I'm watching the people we play next year. You know, Oregon got the kid from uh, Oklahoma. So that kid's been all over. I don't know how many years of football that kid's played, but that's that's a big pickup for them. He's a good player. You know, that's the te- the only team that beat Texas is uh, is that kid. And then, of course, OS, Ohio State, 
I don't think they really wanted that kid to leave. I don't think they wanted the quarterback to leave. You listen to Urban Meyer. I don't think they wanted that kid to leave. But for for the, I think everybody else that's leaving, I don't think they really care about Danny. To tell you the truth, other than the quarterback, because all them guys that are leaving weren't playing. And I think they're going to play hard in the ball game. They got, you know, this is actually a good situation. If I'm Ryan Day, I got these guys that have left. I've got uh, pros that are going to sit out. I got to play my. I get to look at this Devin Brown kid. You know, this is actually a good situation for him because I said these these bowl games are like scrimmages. So he's basically going to, you know, of course he wants to win the game, but he's going to get to play a lot of young guys, um, you know, and, and get and get ready. But we'll see what this Devin Brown kid uh, is all about. And, um, you know, that's about, that's about it around the Big Ten, though. So the new Michigan State defensive coordinator is at Minnesota. So the, the Wolverines put up over 50 points on the new – uh, Spartan DC. That's good. That's something that. Uh, yeah, he was. No, Danny. He was at Minnesota maybe a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Yes, but he he is a guy that's been around the Big Ten, and you know I got Washington down here. You know, Penix will be gone. He's a good coach. They don't have the best talent. I think of the Final Four teams. We play Washington next year. We go there, and he's a damn good. He, he's a good coach. But uh, that's those are some of the people we're, we're facing. Uh, you know, that I'm looking at their coaches and some things going on with uh, their programs. Because Danny, believe me, as a coach, I was constantly looking and trying to find out about what the heck's going on with, you know, who are they bringing in? You know, got to know what the enemy's doing, man. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like you talked about some of those, like, you know, Fleming was a five-star wide receiver. I would think that they would have wanted to kept, you know, keep him and have him fight for a job. But, you know, if he's, you know, not getting the reps. Michigan did lose. Uh, I saw CJ Stokes came out today and said that he is going into the transfer portal. And, you know, Stokes was pretty good last year. Michigan needed him. He, he's fought through some injuries and then guys have, uh, have passed him up. That's a tough spot like CJ Stokes, but you know, he, uh, you get passed up and then you, you get banged up and uh, it's pretty easy just to go ahead and zip out and say peace and hit the, uh, the transfer portal. So that's happening there. We got a lot of people with questions for you, Scar. And uh, also, uh, we have you, uh, you've been looking at the quarterback uh, depth for Michigan and McCarthy, the possibility of him coming back. You, you've, you've, you've got a different feeling over the last couple of days than, uh, than last week. Where are you at with McCarthy? Name, I just, it's in my gut, man, based on what the, what's going on, what we're hearing, what we're seeing. I just think him and Jim communicate. And I think that he's coming back. I think JJ's coming back. It's just a gut. I got no nothing other than a gut feeling, just from everything I'm feeling about uh, this kid and and that relationship. And I, I I'm firm, I firmly believe Jim's coming back. And I think we're going to get a great contract. He deserved to be the highest paid coach in the Big Ten. That's for darn sure. We got we want leaders and best. We we want to we want the best facilities for all our all of our sports. We want all the best 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 that we keep banging the table about, well, we better pay our guy three in a row. So he'll be the highest paid coach. He'll be at Michigan and JJ's coming back. That's good. That's Scar's gut feeling on the two, uh, those two key guys. Yeah. Fifthian's gut feeling is that McCarthy is undecided right now. And with a great semifinal and a great championship game, uh, that could go a long way in uh, uh, make helping him decide 
his future. And I do think it's more likely that Jim Harbaugh comes back, but there is a chance. And I also think that's pretty close uh, as well uh, in terms of uh, Harbaugh coming back. Obviously, a lot of different factors that go on there, but I would predict that uh, that Harbaugh would come back. But it, it's not a, a slam dunk. Uh, and people want to make that a slam dunk either way. I don't think right now, I think, you know, I, I think he's wanting to come back to Michigan, but also, you know, it's nice to have options. So that's yeah. how I feel about those. Here's some, you know, Denny also, you know, I, I since we're kind of on this recruiting uh, transfer, we, we, you know, we hit it a little bit with the other teams, but you know, Michigan now, you know, there's a lot of big decisions, you know, just like you, like Stokes, some, you know, he didn't play. Okay. So that decision was probably, uh, you know, he, he just sat down and he understood they, they probably liked the freshman more, but he had a call. I guarantee you, he had a conversation and all the play, every player on that team, when, 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 when the Iowa game ended, had a conversation with their assistant coach, maybe even the coordinator. And then probably with Jim also, I'm guessing every player on that team had a conversation with their position coach and the head coach. Cause we did it at, at the end of the season and you go over where you stand and you get an idea of what the coach is thinking. And I think you're going to see some names in that portal uh, from Michigan. And then, you know, and then that helps the kid. It helps Michigan figure out what, in, in what direction Jim wants to go in with, uh, you know, can I keep, we keep hearing and uh, our guys, Josh and the crew are on top of all these, you know, these kids that are in the portal, you know, some good looking offensive linemen out there that, you know, the good looking defensive linemen from Penn and some of these kids. Uh, and uh, but at the same time, Danny, I just want to say this. You know, I played with a lot of really, really good players that didn't play their first three or four years. I remember Rich Stringer ended up being a playing with the Lions like a second round. He didn't start till his fifth year. I played with Eric Caddis. You know, we're, we're recruiting his son. He didn't yeah. start till his fifth year. Had played in the NFL for five years. So we've got some good-looking offensive linemen there and some good players that just haven't, you know, had a chance to crack the lineup yet. So I, I, I watch those kids at practice. We all see them in getting in at the end of the game, you know, guys like Gentry and some of these kids. So anyway, Jim Harbaugh, the head coach right now, these next couple of weeks, there are big time decisions going on with the players, the coaches, and uh, you know, who do we look at? Who, you know, who do we, who, where, what positions can we get better at? And you gotta, you know, gotta be honest with those players. Questions for Scar before we move on and get to basketball and watch some of that film. Mr. Bebop Blue asking Scar, or he's saying that he doesn't think Alabama's defense is better than Ohio State's. I agree. I think I think uh, Ohio State was really, really uh, well coached. Um, great players, really good players. Uh, listen, Alabama's well coached, good players. I just, I just think we're going to do well against that that defense. I think we're going to scheme it up. We're going to confuse them. You know, look, Jerry's going to hit their, uh, uh, you know, their defense. But my gut feeling is, Danny, just do what we've been doing when we when we beat Penn State and Ohio State. Number one, secure the ball, execute. We got to have creative stuff. We got to have the halfback pass. We got to run some Statue of Liberty. That stuff is what Michigan does. Okay, we got to have conflict. You know the the set the six offensive linemen. You know, and then we got to make plays, man. And I, but I totally, totally believe we're going to move the ball against that defense and just do 
what we did in those two big games. Because that Alabama defense, I don't think they're better than Penn State's. Penn State had, you know, those were, that was a good defense, man. So I'm really confident we're going to move the ball against them. Well, you, you you had a gut with J.J. How about Junior Colson? You have a, a gut feel on Junior? Yeah, see, J.J.'s making good money with the NIL. I don't know how well Junior's doing. And I think they've got Junior maybe slotted like a anywhere from maybe a third, fifth round. I don't know. but um, Yeah, well, if he's like that, this is the kind like – Last year, those who stay will be compensated. This would be a situation where I think NIL, whatever it is for Junior, I could see him cashing in in Ann Arbor if he wanted to come back for a senior season. I, you know, I could see that happening. And what Jim did and what Minter did this past season, opposed to last year, the kid didn't play as much football. He had a much better year. I said that was going to happen with all three of our, those linebackers. So, you know, we're losing Barrett, but Junior was better because he was healthier. He didn't get as many reps. So my gut on Junior, uh, you know, I, 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 he could be back. If I had to put, if you push me to bet, he could come back. You know, the way Michigan has approached the NIL, and a lot of people, hey, promise the recruits the money. Michigan on the back half is where they are, they're putting their money. You mentioned Michael Barrett. You know, getting these guys to come back, both of the guards uh, in, in, you know, last year with, with Keegan and Zinter, a number of other players, uh, you know, Chris Jenkins. Colson would be, I would think, one that would target and would get more money than you would expect because Michigan rewarding the upperclassmen and getting those guys to stay rather than pouring the money in with promises, which is illegal, uh, to, you know, the recruits and, and going that route. So I would guess that Junior Colson would yeah. come back as well. How about Mark is pointing to swimming, you know, the, how they, how they, you know, taper and get ready for other, their, their big meets and everything with their conditioning. Can players peak in football with their conditioning, obviously uh, with the idea of being at the peak on new year's day, Scar. Um. Yeah, it's the the football is interesting, you know, because there's there's the contact you have to have, you know, the conditioning, especially for our defense. Now, we rotate so many guys; guys aren't going to be tired. They're going to be in great shape, and we 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 run and lift year round. Um, playing in a little warmer climate, you know, we'll be out there for a couple of days ahead of time uh, to get acclimated to the weather. But uh, I think I think. The big thing with bowl preparation is getting the sweet, the sweet spot for the amount of contact. That's the thing you have to do. You've got to get the timing. You got to get your offensive lineman hitting, coming off the ball, but you don't want them beat up. You want your defense sharp, crisp, taking on blocks, tackling, but you don't want them with you know busted up wrists and and, and, and sprained knees. So you, you got that's the the magic. In my thing on bowl game, bowl prep, you know, we're going to have them in, you know, we run and lift year round. They're going to be in good shape. It's that because you have to have contact. You have to have, you can't just, uh, you know, you can't avoid that. Good explanation. Uh, how about the defensive uh, for the Michigan defense, the nickname Blue Crush as a unit? I'm fine with that. I'd like to see the, the Blue crush Alabama on New Year's Day, I'll, I'll buy it. You know, uh, I'm with it. 
I, I don't mind it. Did your defense have a nickname, Scar, when you played? Uh, no, we didn't. Not at, not in Michigan. Mac and uh, I'm Denny. We're from you know we're Detroiters, man. You know when we start coming up with songs and nicknames, you know we can think about the Lions. As soon as you come up with some of that stuff, bad things happen. You know what I mean? What do you mean, like uh, another one bites the dust? Yeah, so, you know. But, yeah, we uh, our defense is uh, – defense wins championships, Denny. We make the change three years ago. That's the biggest correlation with winning championships, in my opinion. There you go. And let's see if we had a, uh, a final – of the people laying in on the nicknames, the maze rage, you know. Uh, that one's already taken. Well, let's go then and hit the next thing. Uh, in line with the maze rage is basketball. Michigan gets a 10 point win in Iowa city yesterday by uh, shooting. Well, after Iowa scores the first four points of the second half, Michigan goes on an 11 0 run and they never look back. They get up 20, they win by 10. But then we find out late last night, uh, there's uh, online people talking about, Hey, Juwan Howard's going to get fired. Juwan Howard uh, in, uh, a confrontation with a member on his staff. Well, Josh Henschke, the publisher of the Maze and Blue Review, uh, has confirmed through multiple sources that a physical altercation between John How Juwan Howard and a an assistant did not happen this weekend. He did confirm that a verbal altercation took place, but it did not get physical. So that's what Josh said. And then Jalen Rose, our Juwan's teammate on the Fab Five, tweeted out that Juwan Howard did not and is not stepping down as head coach. He is enthusiastically hoping to return December the 16th. That's uh, Michigan's next game. Jalen continues and says Juwan is literally recovering from open heart surgery that he had on September the 15th. And then he says, hail. So there are the particulars, something that went on uh, heading into the weekend before they uh, took off to Iowa and won between Michigan, we think, strength and conditioning coach and Jawan Howard. I, you know, Scar, I want to get your thoughts on this. You had to deal with administrations and coaches and, you know, sometimes uh, tempers flare and those kind of things. I would say that I'm I'm disappointed in the Michigan basketball program. You know, football, if it's out there on the field, you're dealing with 85, another, you know, 50 coaches. I mean, so there's 100. You're going to have some people that are talking. Maybe the same situation you could say with basketball, but such a smaller number. The first thing that I'm saying, why can't you keep something like this in-house? And look, I like, you know, uh, information and, you know, talking about things. But this is one where it's between coaches. Uh, you know, how is this, uh, you know, getting out there in the public, you know, to me. So, you know, that's a bad sign right from the jump, you know, whatever would happen. Somebody going over there and talking about, hey, you know, you see Juwan getting all hot with it. Hey, why don't you shut your mouth? I mean, are you part of the program or not? But, you know, so I don't know how that happened. But that's my first thing. A little disappointed in that aspect. But what about this whole thing? with yeah. Danny, uh, we, all of us who've worked for people worked with groups of people and we all have everybody listening you work most of us are okay with the boss ripping us you know behind closed doors we don't right. want to get embarrassed in front of other people okay let, let's just start with that so 
Danny, when I when I became a head coach, I, one of the first the first things I told my coaches when we had our, sta- our first staff meeting, I said, number one, we are allowed to argue. We are allowed to argue in the coach's office. Anything goes. We had, and, and I guarantee, because that's how I was coached. I saw tough coaches, you know, get, getting after each other, uh, you know, playing at Michigan. I saw Bo get after an offensive line coach one time, get after him. We, were, we weren't moving the ball, and he said something to him on the sideline. You know, it might have been for effect. Might have been. But, okay, let me just say that. You're allowed. We were allowed to argue as coaches. Okay, you, we all. I've told the story about both throwing a projector at Woody Hayes when they were coaching together. Okay, well, again, allowed to argue, but it's got to be in the right, at the right time. So the big thing, I totally could coach under a guy like Jawan Howard. Man, just rip me in front, and I don't even. You know, obviously, some other people saw. I bet you Sanderson really doesn't even care. I'm guessing. That if Juwan Howard ripped him for something, I bet he doesn't really care. It's just the fact that these other clowns saw it. There were some media people around. Somebody saw it. I bet you Sanderson had, you know, doesn't really have an issue with it. I bet you they have a, you know, that kind of a relationship. But it should have stayed in house, just like you said. It's just like any other line of work. You know, you 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 know you you do those things. You keep it in house. And I, Denny, I had. I, I remember we used to do like a Georgia drill. Nine on seven, full going offensive, uh, you know, just running the football. Me and my offensive coach, I was the head coach, but I used to, we used to get the kids fired up. So we would pretend, you know, that I was mainly the defensive coach. Me and my other defensive coaches, we would kind of, kind of fake an, a, a little argument with the offensive coaches to rile up the kids. You follow me? Two, the defensive coaches, the offensive coaches getting in each other's face. What's going to happen to the players? They're going to get fired up. So we did it for effect. But there was one time one of my coaches said something to me during that really, really pissed me off. That's a whole nother story. But this is, um, you know, he's just got, Juwan's got to know who's around, man. That's, the, you know, who's who's around and, 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 and who's witnessing this kind of communication, man. Yeah, we don't know who leaked this, but, you know, you mentioned the media. It wasn't like the media was around there and there was some argument. I mean, this was something uh, within the team, it appears, that happened. So, you know, it could have been, you know, there's they have trainers in addition. They have uh, the people that are helping out the, uh, with the team, uh, support staff and, and that. So who knows? I think the interesting part here is that, you know, that this is an in-house situation. We all know that Juwan Howard is uh, a little bit on probation when it comes to this. He's in one of this uh, of zero tolerance. I even think that that language is written into his contract. And after he has had these two strikes, of course, he, a couple of years ago in the Big Ten tournament, he was chasing around Tertian around the court, had to be restrained. He was lucky because it looked like if he, he was going to, uh, you know, we don't know. I mean, he was chasing him like he was going to uh, tear him apart. And then, of course, the slap swing in Madison that got him suspended for, you know, what it was four or five games at the tail end of the season two years ago. So I don't know, like if, if you're somebody that was connected with the basketball program at all, and you saw a heated conversation and you're out talking to the media or knowing that this is going to get out, knowing that Howard is in a situation, a third strike type situation. I mean, what are you trying to do here? Get your coach fired. I don't know. 
Uh, that seems a little bit weird to me. Uh, it just seems like, you know, a fracture. It could be within the program. The, uh, there is a review process that I uh, understand that's kind of standard by the university. So they'll take the sides here. Uh, usually it's not something that's public like this, but it is something that, that is, uh, that's happening here. There was a moment late in the game, like Michigan, you know, was up 20, pretty much up 17. And then, you know, and then Iowa was, you know, still fighting uh, to get into the game. And they hit a couple threes and they were pressing. And then Michigan had to take a timeout. And then they had to take another one. And Martelli looked over at, at Saudi Washington and made a gesture and kind of waved. I didn't like the look on Martelli's face. I didn't like the gesture. It said to me, like, he was like, I've had enough with what you're saying. And, and I didn't like what I saw there. Now that had Juwan was, you know, five feet to the right there. There was no gesture with him, but it was just something when I saw it last night, I was like, well, I, you know, that doesn't look like everybody's in harmony here either. So once you hear this and then you think about, wait, I didn't like that. Then you start thinking about all kinds of things, but I don't know, Scar. I mean, that's where we're at right now. With, uh, with Listen, I'm, I'm all good with tough in your face coaching. I had uh, head coaches get after me. I got after my assistants, but I never wanted to do it in front of the kids. So they, the kids went, they can't see me rip their position coach. Cause then they're going to lose, uh, you know, he'll lose credibility, but I did rip my assistant coaches, just not in front of the kids. Right. You know? Well, uh, I guess we don't know, uh, how that, that went down. All but right. As far as that, Danny, real quick, as far as that sideline with Martelli in Washington, yeah. and Juwan, that's a, that's a tough situation. If I'm Phil Martelli with the head coach sitting there, it's a tough situation. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Matt doesn't want to hear all this uh, stuff. Richard, you know, I know you're an army Navy guy. Oh, loved it, man. I love the army Navy game. I, that, let me tell you, Danny, listen, there's, there's 13 football games that are my favorite games to watch, and that's every game Michigan plays in. But the 14th favorite football game to me is the Army-Navy game. I went, I went a couple of years ago. Man, I, I love that kind of football, um, you know, and just option football, tough, all the little coaching going on there, technique. I told you I, went, I was at a Navy practice right on the sideline, right with these dudes, man. You know, I'm six five. I was the tallest guy. They don't, they don't recruit big guys. They're just six foot two. The linemen are six three, maybe tops. And just uh, love that that game, man. With great ending. I also bet Army. So that safety also had the uh, had the over. The safety saved some people. If I was, was the I over. that's one thing. Like I sometimes I bet just a bet, but I, I don't bet very much. But I didn't bet. You watch the game. I didn't bet anything, but. If I would have bet the over and I would have had Army, I would have been able to take the uh, that last play when they're down there trying to do the, you know, the the tush push to try to get in there. You know, maybe couldn't move the ball all game long. Suddenly they're you know going the entire field. You're thinking there's no way they're going to score, but they, you know they had a play to do it, and then to take the safety to hit it over. Oh man, that would have been either way. If I would have been betting, if I would have had the under, that would have been one. That would have been one of the most crushing defeats ever, <laughs> if, yeah. uh, you know, so, but yeah, a, a classic the year last year came down to the last play, right? Yeah. That's it. All right, Scar, are we ready for um, the film? Yeah, let's, uh, let's take well, a look here. I got some, uh, I've got a little bit of Alabama, not a lot. I've got their game against Georgia. Yeah, but let me show you one second here, Scar. I just want to thank uh, quick cut for your 
video and analytics for the scar of the telestrator. That's it. Here we go. We're looking at the, oh, we're looking at the, the Bama fans. Danny, I was at a uh, Tennessee, South Carolina game years ago as a fan. And I, uh, they, the people dress up in the South, they dress up and they stand, they'll stand the whole game. <laughs> they say it's kind of a respect thing. So look, look how dressed up they are, man. I, I thought that was interesting. Put the suit and tie on, you know, some pretty girls there. So yeah, a lot of stuff going on, man. Yeah. Let's okay. Go. Listen, th this is, uh, this is them on offense now. Danny, we start with this team. We uh, anyway, let's take a look at uh, first play I got here. This was Al This was Georgia running with two two spies. How do you okay, know? This? I've never seen this before. Right. You know, they're rushing three. I don't. I do not like this look. Uh, but that's what they did. I never seen anybody with two spies rushing three. I don't think you get enough pressure. It's hard to flush them out, but they do get them flushed and they make a play. And this, this, this was something that Kirby Smart went to. Uh, we have not had a lot of success with uh, rushing three, dropping eight. It's not really we do, we do it. It's in the playbook. Minter does it, but it might be something we might see a couple snaps on the first. But there's some weaknesses to it. But, it, you know, this kid, this kid, Kirby Smart called him uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, yeah. everything starts with everything starts with this kid. You know, we got to we got to But they they're 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 a smart offensive football team. Uh, they're very much like us in a lot of ways. A uh, lot of shifting, a lot of motion. Get try to get you screwed up. Um, Seems pretty deep there on that on this. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, well, they're going to shift, and now they just run the football. Okay, and, and this is the thing you can't let them do. You can't let – we, we got to start with this. Okay, once we get lined up, okay, then you – listen, they we, they run inside zone. It's probably their best play. And then the gap – the power scheme, gap scheme stuff, the same thing Michigan runs. So their best stuff is our best stuff. So both defenses will get good looks. And it, 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 there's a de defensive advantages here. So the first thing, if I'm talking to my team, Coach Minter had him today, is number one, we got to stop every single play where the running back gets the football. You start with that. Okay, you can't let him just hand the ball off. This is inside. Uh, and, then, and then off of that, just like we do, you'll have quarterback runs off of everything. So he'll, you know, he's not really carrying out a fake here, but this is just an inside run. And they're just knocking Georgia out of there. I mean, that's that's eight, nine yards, first and ten. We cannot let them do this. So th this is where I would start as a coach. I mean, look what they do to this kid here, Danny. Watch this kid right here. And, you know, that's a pretty good player playing for Georgia. Where do they put him? Watch. Man. Okay, so you got to play technique. Uh, you've got to play technique against this football team. you got you got to be low, and you better uh, – you know, because they got some big, strong, highly recruited dudes, man. Okay. And here's empty again. Here's empty. And again, he, a lot of three-man rush by Kirby Smart with the double spy. And it just gives you it gives you problems. So, again, I think uh, we might do it. But, Denny, what we're going to do with in these formations, 
Look, Minter is a guy that this is why I have a lot of confidence in our defense. Because we will bring we will bring corners, we will drop uh, defensive tackles, we will bring linebackers, we will bring safeties. We are going to give them multiple, multiple looks. Okay. Now, okay, great. They got a lot of time to, to, to prepare for these things. But I guarantee you the things Michigan does on defense, all of the things that we do, they haven't seen a team do all of it. And what I in, in the biggest fear when it is a pass is this kid running. But what I like about bringing corners is our corner, if this guy runs 4-4, okay, the corner runs 4-4. You know, we're not – that's going to be one of the problems is when we have big, you know, 270-pound edge players. But, but when we do bring safeties and corners, you know, now we have a fast guy that will – be able to put him on the ground and contain him. So there's advantages to bringing linebackers, bringing safeties, bringing corners against this kid in a, in a lot of different ways. You follow me from that standpoint? I do. I, I hear you, man. He, he, uh, he's pretty still in the pocket, keeps his head up looking downfield. Like that's impressive. The kid's a good player, man. He, you know, Kirby smart called him Lamar Jackson and he is because yeah. he can throw the football. You know, this kid is, he's, he's, a, he can throw the football and he's, and he's helped. And, and this is where we, this is the number one stuff we got to do. Stop though. This, just this stuff. You can't let him do this. Okay. You know, that's a four yard run, but you know, we cannot let Georgia just hand the ball off. You know, when we played them four years ago, whatever it was, you know, they were able to just run their zone against us, you know, double team these guys and knock them, knock us back. You know, so we've got to stop this. Mason Graham, Kenny Grant, you know, these guys got to be good. And, and, and trust me, our defense is designed to stop this stuff. Okay, we see it from our offense. We see it in the Big Ten, and, and we'll be ready to go. And opposed to what – again, I, 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 let me say this too. Opposed to what Georgia did. This is the thing where Michigan is going to be different. Okay, we do a lot more slanting, stunting, stunting, this, this. We do all this stuff a lot more than Georgia did, and I think a lot more than the people in uh, the SEC do. So hopefully we can get these guys, you know, back on their heels with all the stunting and, and some of the stuff that we're going to do. All right, so here – Georgia didn't have Jordan Davis and uh, and Jalen Carter. Those guys were playing last night against the Cowboys. They got to, yeah. they didn't just reload in there. And Michigan, I think, is better inside with their defensive tackles. Makes me feel better. Yeah. Here's uh, here's, you know, they'll throw the bomb with this kid. They'll throw deep with him. He's got a strong arm. But here's some low risk passing. Georgia doesn't cover it. You know. They, they, Again, well, you got to line up, man. You got to cover the right guy. They're just screwed up. Georgia's defense is screwed up. They're not even cover this guy. That's got got away with a pick there. I mean, that's not even close. How do you? How does this not called? Watch this tight end. This kid's good. This forty. I'll go over personnel next week. This forty-five is a good player. That's totally illegal block. But here's a deep pass. You know they'll they'll throw the bomb, man. Okay, edge. Run with this. 
See, this is a problem, Denny. Okay, we have a play. They're running a, a, a quarterback keep. Some of this film was cut off. But they're running a quarterback. They just they faked it, the mesh point to the running back. And now Georgia has a, a player assigned to this kid. Okay, great. Everything should be good, right? Player on player. He's right guess there. what? This guy runs 4-4 four, four, and this guy runs 4-8. Or 4-7, whatever it is. You, you see me? Still, they pick up the first down. The guy's right there. And that's a good athlete playing for Georgia. So this is the problems that they put you in is you might have a player assigned to this kid, but you still have problems. You know, you got to take a better angle. Yeah, yeah, man. He just, it didn't matter if he was on his shoulder or not, man. Well, he, what, what I would, how I would coach this is he has got to recognize it sooner and he's got to try to come flat and try to make him cut back. Don't go to where he's, go to where he's going to be, not to where he is. This kid's a, a niche for, you know, if his angle was, in, in fact, he could have been even more back down the line of scrimmage. It's how we used to play option. This is how we used to defend option. You know, cat and mouse technique was, okay, let's make the play for a two-yard gain. He is a bad angle at first, and now he ends up making the play here. Opposed to if he took an angle back here, he might have made it for a two-yard gain. You follow me? Yeah, so this is going to be Braden McGregor and Jalen well, Harris. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be our edge guys. Yeah. So – and they'll be asked to do that at times. And it's, you've got to, uh, uh, here's a, uh, what do I got here? Three, two, three. Yeah. The, the kid throws a dime. This is Russian three again. I, I, I guess my point is this kid can throw the football. Here's just again, Russian three. How much time are you going to give them? I don't, I, I, I got to believe Minter saw enough of his three-man rush to say, <laughs> you know, the kid, the kid can. I think, I think Kirby Smart said, I don't think this kid can throw. I think that's what Kirby Smart said. I don't want him running around. We're going to make him beat, beat us with his arm. But when I look at him, I see him throwing some good pass, you know. And here's here's a deep one, second and four. So, you know, it's covered, it's overthrown, but he's not afraid to throw the bomb. The, the offensive coordinator. And now Kirby's bringing some pressure. What's he doing here? He's bringing five guys. He brings, he brings a guy off the edge down here. We're going to see, this is the stuff we're going to do. This is Michigan right here. This is what we do. We're going to bring Sandistrol. We might drop a guy here, but I, I like our scheme because now we got fast guys coming. Who can run him down? Okay, here's a smart player. Now here's third and four. This kid takes a good angle, and you know uh, Harold's able to make this. Our guys are able, athletic enough. This kid takes a good, a good rush angle, and he gets him on the ground. And it was thought maybe he didn't get him down, but you know this is one edge player, and this is when you work on contain, contain. All week long, man. So, third and nine. They, this is a Georgia stunt that they're running, and they—I think they end up getting—they uh, get some get some pressure here. The touchdown. Yeah, yeah. But it's a stunt that worked. Yeah, it's not covered. They're not covered. Man coverage. 
But Kirby started, I think he got out of that three-man stuff after a while. And here's a little stunt that does something, at least gets a guy in his face. So they do have uh, Alabama, you know, those are they still have receivers, though. Those are Alabama type receivers. So, but I think we can beat him in the kicking game. And here Georgia does a good job keeping this kid inside the pocket. They get good. Good, good edge guys up up at the top. This is what Michigan has to do. We got to get pressure and get a little push up front. At least one of the guys, you know, they're getting a, a little bit of push here. Got edge players containing. Danny, do, do, you, do you get a, a sense of my tone that this quarterback and containing this quarterback, you know, and stopping the inside run, stopping the quarterback keep off the run, you know, is so important. I do get that sense. And look, you know, okay. Michigan, they, uh, they have the, the personnel, uh, their, their defensive line, they have the kind of defensive tackles. And uh, the other thing is that this is a game that the offense, you know, they can help out by putting some points up on the board. Obviously they're able to run the ball, keeping him over on the sideline, but can Michigan get to, you know, 30 points and can, you know, I think they yeah, can get Alabama under 30 as a, you think a little yeah, bit lower I, I, than that, or my what? number? My number's twenty-four. If if we give Alabama twenty-four, I think we're going to have problems. We got to keep them under twenty. You know, for for us to score twenty-seven points, yeah. But I I think we got to keep Alabama to twenty. You know, seventeen points. I think we can do it. Um. Anyway, they're throwing the ball first and ten. They're up, so they're not afraid. You know, they're not afraid. This seventeen's a good receiver. So we got to know where he is. That's a guy that he really looks for. Seventeen. He's a hell of an athlete. That Bond. Yeah. Uh, he's the one that caught the uh, Milrow miracle against uh, in the Iron Bowl. You know, and this you know J Saban and Jim Harbaugh are very similar in their offensive philosophies. Their histories are very similar. You know, Saban was always a two tight end. Uh, you know, this stuff gap zone. Same thing. Jim Harbaugh's uh, roots roots were. And um, I think Lane Kiffin got Saban out of some of that stuff. But, you know, these are these tight ends are tough dudes, man. All their tight ends are blockers. There ain't no imposters here. I've watched all, all of them. You know, I look at tight ends, and there ain't no guy coming in there to just uh, run around and catch the ball. They all can block, and they'll throw it to them. And um, That looks like something Michigan went right in that, that of era. Of course. This yeah, is you're Michigan right. stuff. This is a Michigan formation, and 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 the, you know, but we've got to be great in this kind of. You know, Auburn had good success in the red zone. We got to be great in the red zone. You know, Auburn had real good success in the red zone against Alabama, which which you know gave a chance to win that game. You know, and and here we go. This is a this is a Danny. They run a lot of the stuff we run, and the orgy package is a big part of what they do with this kid. Okay, a lot of the same – we ran this same play with Orgy, fake the jet, okay, fake the jet, and they're running a, a power. Kind of a – they're running to the – they're running the quarterback power to the side of the jet. You know, we – I'm sure we have this play in. We ran we ran Orgy on the power away from jet. Remember that a couple, couple weeks ago? Yeah. Anyway – 
you know, we're, we're ready for this play. But this this play gives you conflict, man, because you got to honor Jet. Okay, so these players have to honor Jet. They got to get out here to honor this. So you get sometimes you, you'll get him upfield, and now they just run power here, and you've got the quarterback in that scene. And look at the speed on this kid. So, you know, yeah. those are uh, – and now here's QB. Th this is the stuff now. now he doesn't want to run this. But Michigan is going to have to run J.J. just like Saban is going to have to run Milrow. Okay? Saban does not want to run this kind of stuff. I guarantee you. But what's the score? The score is 27-24, and they're trying to run the clock out. So, you know, here he is again now. Second and eight, he's running quarterback power. You know, this is to win the game, though. So we're going to have to do this with J.J. So whatever kind of ailments J.J. has, he better get it cleaned up because I think we're going to have to run J.J. Just like we did against Penn State. And just like we did uh, – we, we actually didn't meet we, – we didn't against Ohio State. But then that's all I got here. I'm going to have uh, – I'll have some uh, – I'm going to look at some Auburn next week and then maybe some LSU the following week. But I'm just going to look at their offense. Jerry's going to cover their defense. But um, I, I feel good, man. You know, I, I like I like that our – the structure of our defense, the, the foundation of it is to stop their best stuff. Our offense runs their best stuff. Um, you know, we there's nothing they're going to run we haven't seen. So – and, but we're going to give them all of our stuff, man. That's what I'm banking is going to be a problem for their offensive line and their quarterback. That's what I'm hoping, that all of our scheme and that we, where we bring guys from every different angle, uh, that, that I don't think they see a ton of that in the SEC. See, I, I don't know about 15 times, but enough. We have to – because that uh, – I hope we don't need to run him 15 times, but we are going to need to run him to put their defense in conflict, just like, you know, their kid is going to put our defense in conflict. And, and that's, that's, that's what makes it tough. Cause you have to honor the quarterback keep off of every inside run play that they run. You have to honor it, you know? So that's what slows your defense down. Well, if you like statistics, I know a lot of people, you know, they get scared because uh, it's Saban it's, it's, it's Bama, you know, and that spooks you a little bit, but, Michigan, statistically this year, they ended up, they had the number one scoring defense in the country, only team in the country to keep teams below 10 points. So, number one, Bama down there at 17. So, I, you know, they have that. And then even when you flip it on the uh, the offense, scoring offense, when you look in the power five, Michigan scored more points than Alabama. So, you know, Milrow is the key. You're on it, Scar. I, I think, you know, listening to you and, you know, Jesse Minner, the, the kind of personnel that Michigan has, they've been waiting for something like this. It's not like, um, you know, uh, you know, they should know what's uh, that's happening here. They'll have a, a plan for it. And and the other part, the other phases of the game that you're talking about, Michigan special teams and, and the offense can help the defense and vice versa. I think Michigan can play complementary football. You know, I, I'm going to pick Michigan to win the game on New Year's Day. Hey, look, we – I've said this. We don't we don't just show up and just hammer people with our offense. We we have enough stuff that puts their defenses in conflict, and we're going to have to do it again with Alabama, and uh, use Donovan on wheel routes. Use Donovan to throw the football. You know, run our stuff, man. Out out scheme, create problems, 
And then we're going to do the same thing on defense. We're not just lining up and saying we got big, strong dudes like maybe Georgia did and just play vanilla stuff. No, that's not what we do, man. We give you problems. We make the players think. We make them block slanting defenses, corners and safeties and linebackers and dropping guys. And we, we you know, we give them headaches, man, other than having good players. So definitely, uh, Richard, they're, they're beatable. And uh, just do what we've done, man. You know, secure the football and win, this, win the kicking game and uh, be creative, man. And I know Alabama gets to heal up. So, you know, people say, yeah, well, it's the same thing for both teams, which is true. But, you know, two of Michigan's key players, uh, Will Johnson on the defensive side, you know, he, whatever it is, the lower body injury, ankle, I think, you know, he maybe he could have played in the in the Big Ten title game. But having a, a Will Johnson is close to 100%. And then, oh, yeah, J.J. McCarthy, wherever he was at, I don't know, 75%, you know, getting him up where he could be 100% this time off big time key for Michigan in this game, healthy, Will Johnson, healthy, uh, JJ McCarthy to me, you know, Michigan, you know, going in full speed in this one too bad. They don't have Zach Zinner, but they, um, you know, as close to 100% as they could be. Yeah, this is I mean, the more and more I think about the offenses, man, they're, they're really, really similar. These offenses are very similar. Saban's got some you know, fullback formation, some eyeback fullback formation stuff he'll have in. Uh, both teams have uh, quarterbacks that can run. Both teams have the RPO game. Uh, both teams run jet sweep. Both three teams run inside zone, outside zone, power gaps, counter stuff. We, you know, we run, we run the stuff, man. Who's gonna be? Who's gonna do a better job defending it? And you know, the big thing with this kid is, okay, yes, you want to get pressure, but you're. You really, really have to think about, you know, you know, what are you going to do after you get pressure and he steps up? And you've got to, you know, it's you can't beat a guy and also two-gap him unless you're just going to bull rush everybody, you know what I mean, to try to be able to come off when he steps up. Because if you rush four, there's still two empty gaps. So, and you you looked at what some of these teams, you know, what Georgia was doing with the three-man rush, just bull rush. You're not getting anything. You're not getting any kind of pressure. So, you know, I think Mentor will have movement. We ain't going to sit there and just bull rush guys and just let this kid uh, have all day back. I just don't see Mentor doing that. Yeah, and I don't think Michigan has to play the perfect game. Like, you know, they don't want to go out there and turn the ball over like they did last year and, you know, have the fumble on the goal line and the two pick sixes, obviously in the semifinal. But when you think about playing the perfect game, that's when you feel like you're like a decided underdog and you got to go out there and play their A game and hope that they're not going to play their A game and then play perfect. Maybe you feel like that, you know, two years ago when they played Georgia in the semifinal, but you know, no Michigan, they, they have the talent where they can stay on the field with Alabama and, you know, they've got the coaching to match it. They go out there and, you know, Scar's gone through it. He's said a few things, making plays, you know. Secure the football, Denny. We just, we went to Penn State. We did it. We had the Buckeyes in town. We did it. We're capable. Do do what we've been doing, man. Nothing out of the ordinary. Our coaches and players have proved it. Um, Yeah, maybe, maybe George's front was uh, in his scheme. I think maybe part of it was his scheme. Uh, he, 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 you know, sitting in that three man rush so much, but uh, you know, you watch Alabama enough, you can see they're, they're like this man, but so is Michigan. We didn't play great every week, but uh, we'll have it together, man. 
you're going to win a championship. That's uh, what you got to do. Scar, great job. Championship broadcast today. Look forward to talking with you next week. And yeah, real quick, Denny, I got a winner, UCLA. I like it's one team that's going to have their quarterback. They got Boise State coming to uh, Los Angeles. That's a winner. I think uh, UCLA is like minus two or something. And I'll be on the 50-yard line for the Lions Saturday night, baby. So go Lions. 50-yard line for the Lions. Where are they at? They're $800 tickets, man. I I, I, oh. I told my brother, I said, you, you sure we really want to go? That's what they're going for online. Now, we got them a lot cheaper. But anyway, I said, you sure you really want to go? We can do a lot with 800 bucks. <laughs> enjoy it, Scar. And enjoy every moment. We look for a report on what you have to say about the Lions. All right. All right, Danny. Go Blue. There he is, Jim Scarcelli. Thanks for those five-star reviews on the podcast. Always hit those like buttons.